This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Hey folks, welcome back here in the workplace. I'm Dan O'Meara. I'm Peter Capelli. I should have said that. I'm a professor here at the Wharton School. And I'm a partner of Ogletree Deacons in Philadelphia and adjunct faculty at the Wharton School. So let's move to some interesting results from a new survey about meaning in the workplace and the importance of meaning. And with us to talk about this is Pat Waters, who's the Chief Talent Officer from ServiceNow. Pat, welcome. Hi. Excited to be joining you. Uh, Pat, tell us about ServiceNow. What do you guys do? Oh, ServiceNow delivers um, what we call digital workflows that create great employee experiences and unlock the employee's productivity. Okay. So what does that mean in practice? That software. It's yeah. okay. engaging process design execution across a company to solve business problems and execute. Okay. Tasks. Where are you folks based? Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Right. Is anybody hanging stockings with care out in Santa Clara or everybody if af- everybody's afraid of the trees burning down, I imagine out there where <laughs> it's not a Christmas trees or you got to be a little careful with them out there these days. You got to be careful with them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, you guys did this uh, survey on, and it ended up being about meaningfulness. What were you expecting to, what, what were you trying to find and what were you expecting to find? Cause it sounds like what you found was a little surprising. Yeah. We just wanted to see what they wanted for the holiday and say, if we could give you something, what would that look like? And would that create insight for us, both from a business standpoint and from our own culture standpoint? Okay. And for me, I loved what they said. I'm like, okay. I can take that and do something with it. Yeah. So this is a survey of American workers uh, from mainly larger employers, over 500 or so, right? Correct. And, and this was done just uh, a few weeks ago or so. And uh, tell us the big finding. Well, the number one thing employees said they wanted this holiday is meaningful work. Meaningful 61%. work. That's something. Yeah, right. And uh, 58%, 60% said they wished their work were more meaningful. And the farther up the organization chart you go, the more they said that. 74% of executives felt their work, wished their work would be more meaningful. And when they say that, what do you think they mean by meaningful? I'm really surprised by executives because you would have thought yeah. those were folks yeah. who thought that their work actually mattered in some way. What What do you think they meant? They want to have more of an impact both in the company but in the community in which they work. Okay. right. So it's not just impact on my own work. Executives presumably have that, but they're hoping that their organization was doing, when they say impact, you're talking about what kinds of things? Contributing the world in, in a healthy way. Okay. Right? It's, it's feeding the hungry. It's housing. It's solving people's problems and finding jobs, connecting them to opportunity. It's, right. it's not only being profitable, but it's actually creating good for the world. Yeah. That's what executives want to create. So here's the interesting thing, uh, and I imagine you've seen this uh, before, Pat. I know Dan and I see this fairly often. You go to an organization, the CEO is leading uh, the employees in a discussion about you know, the future of the company and that sort of stuff, and they start talking about shareholder value and the importance of you know, improving shareholder value or making money for our shareholders and stuff. That's got to be kind of the opposite of what these folks are saying, wouldn't you think? Actually, I think they're in harmony. 
because you, if do. you look at purpose yeah if you look at purpose-driven organizations companies that actually care about the purpose for their customers their impact for customers and helping customers solve their problems as well as the world those companies outperform their peers that don't have that purpose focus and so those that pursue that higher order that higher meaningful work and impact for good have social responsibility programs in their organization are more profitable. So, in other words, if you could actually be uh, doing good, you could perform better. Uh, yes. But just asking people to work for shareholder value is probably not going to help their meaningfulness problem, right? Right. You're probably not tapping into their, their values as deeply as you could and unlocking discretionary effort. And higher engagement. Yep. So, if I know that ServiceNow, for example, by creating this workflow tool, will allow a healthcare company provide better clinician mm-hmm. support and mm-hmm. insights to patients, mm-hmm. and I can see that impact, I will stay longer in this dialogue. I may work harder, be more creative to help that customer solve their problems okay. because it's solving people's lives. Okay, so it doesn't necessarily have to be just feeding the hungry and sheltering the homeless. It could be just making your customers' lives better. Right, and their customers' lives, right? Yep. We're in an ecosystem. So the trick is pulling that thread. So you have a line of sight not only to, if it's all about money, you're, you're going to disengage your workforce as soon as you take care of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they're mm-hmm. not going to be as engaged. But if yep. you connect them to why does our work matter, why does what you do matter to our success and therefore the success of our customers and what they're doing is really awesome work for the world, then and you tell those stories, you got to bring those stories back into your company. Employees really get a huge amount of satisfaction and pride. Mm-hmm. It's something they can talk about at dinner to yep. their family and mm-hmm. why their work matters. Yep. That that's what they're looking for. Yep, that certainly sounds right. Now, here's a, a statistic that I found quite surprising, and Dan, I'll, this is a, a Dan quiz here. Um, how much of your time would you say you spend doing things which are menial at work? At work in a given day? Yeah. Depending on how you define menial, at least 45 minutes. 45, only 45 minutes out of the day. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, Pat, in your survey... Uh, the um, the respondents were saying they spent 40% of their time wow. on tasks that they thought were <clears throat> meaningful. Um, meaningful or menial? Uh, sorry, menial. <laughs> sorry. Sort of the opposite. Sort of the think opposite, about it, yeah. yeah. 40% of their time on tasks which <laughs> Other are Other than menial. that, it was a good point. Yeah, thank you. We'll get to the <laughs> meaningful then, Dan, would be 60%. Yes, exactly. 60%, exactly. right. There we go. Uh, so 40% of their time on things which were menial. Uh, that really surprises me, right? What do you think they're talking about in terms of things that count as menial, Pat? What do you think? I think they're talking about the routine, mundane tasks that are repetitive that probably break consistently. They don't see that they're providing the best quality they possibly could. Lower yeah. value transactions. Mm-hmm. That if you would free up that time, I can build a better, you know, thing, tool, product, service for my customer, for yeah. the world, or if you freed up those hours, just extrapolate it. If I could free up 16 hours a week, what kind of innovation could I create and or what kind of volunteering could I give to the world? Yeah, I want. it's really interesting. That is a big chunk of time, right, if it's 40%. And the question is, you know, how much of that could you really get rid of? 
and how much of it is stuff that you know is just necessary in order to do the uh, to do the work. I wonder how much of it is office administrative stuff and how much of it is, yeah. you know, stuff that you have to do before you can do the meaningful stuff. I would guess about half of that time is work that can be better automated, fixed, cleaned up, streamlined. I think half of that work is just things you have to go through a process to get to, Yeah. right? And, yeah. and they'll vary because they're not repetitive processes. It's you know, I've got to order a new laptop, and I've got to go through a few steps. I don't order laptops every week or every day. Yep. Or mm-hmm. I have to answer this unique process and, and dig into some policy that may be different, a, a newer system. So you're going to have some of that less than meaningful work, if you yep. will, to get to a better outcome. But the repetitive stuff, yep. things you're like, oh, this should be easier. I feel it. Why can't you just... Build that data sheet faster. You know my pattern already. Can't you be more intuitive? Can't the system be smarter? Mm. Here's a here's some incredible trade-offs uh, here, folks. These are kind of interesting. Forty-five uh, percent of respondents said they would rather clean their bathroom than figure out their human resource benefits. I know. Ouch. That hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'd rather figure out my HR benefits, but... Uh, I would. <laughs> I think I would anyway, but... Uh, well, your bathroom's probably much cleaner than theirs. Well, and we get somebody else to do it. But, uh, yeah, that... Uh, yeah, that's that's surprising. But I guess what they're saying when they say that is that uh, it's hard to do, too, right? That it's not like just flicking through and just looking it up. Uh, you've got to wade through a bunch of text to figure it out. You've got to look for the exclusions and the eligibility requirements and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So it's not just uh, mundane. It's probably a little painful. Um, yes. You stress about it. It's personal. It's um, complex, multiple systems and interdependencies. Yeah. And picking the wrong choice, the wrong vehicle, the wrong outcome may get the wrong health care. So here's a, here's one. Let's get a, a poll here from our crack staff and include our interns and elves here. Um, what percentage would rather give up a vacation day than have their internet go out all the time? What do you think? Percentage? No, no of, one's going to give up their internet. They'll give up a vacation day. They give up a vacation yeah. day first, you yeah. think? Uh, crack team, what do you think? Give up a vacation day versus have your internet go out frequently. This is at work we're talking about, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Dan's right. Yeah, 36% say they would rather give up a vacation day than experience frequent internet service out, mm-hmm. outages. I'm surprised at that because, you know, the view of employees that, okay, my internet's down, I can't do anything. I've effectively got a vacation day, but maybe these are people who are too committed. Pat, what's your take on that? I'm surprised by that one, too. Actually, I'm not surprised. I think it should be higher. The reason why I think it's higher is I've never met an employee that comes to work to do poor work. Hmm. And okay. so if the Internet is down, then I'm not being the best version of yeah. me, and I'm yeah. not providing my best output. Yeah, that's a great point because I, I think there's this presumption, unthinking, unempirical presumption, that uh, people don't want to work hard and do a good job. And so sitting around sort of bothers them. Let me tell you just a couple of others, uh, listeners here, on things that are surprising. 30% said they'd rather talk to a telemarketer than set up a new company computer. And 37% would rather be stuck in traffic than troubleshoot a broken printer. Um, And that's uh, reminding, I guess, reminds us of how much time 
we spend dealing with stuff that is both mundane but also things that we sort of have to do ourselves because nobody's around to do it. We're looking at our folks here because our printer has been down uh, today. Yeah, we've, we've dealt with that <laughs> You've for a little that. bit. So yeah. it's a sensitive issue yeah. here. Michelle decision. would rather be stuck in traffic. Yeah, I, I would rather so. be anything. I mean, even the Internet question as well, like the amount of stress and anxiety that comes with these issues when they arise, whether yeah. your internet's going out yeah. or the printer's messing up. I mean, that alone is taking away from my life. Yeah, you know, yeah. I would, I'd, I'd give up mm-hmm. all of my vacation to not have to deal with that stuff. And I guess that's a great point. I guess this goes back to Pat, uh, to your point, that people want to do a good job. And so these are things that take their time, but they also prevent them from doing a good job. Yeah, we, I mean, if you think about it, companies, if they create an amazing employee experience, yep. right, if they design it like they would a customer experience, think how fixated you know, companies are on the customer. If you mm-hmm. turn that inward to the employee, create an amazing experience for them, ease of use, remove friction where we can. Like I said, you can't remove all. Like if you're only doing benefits once a year, that one time you need the surgery on your foot, it's going to take a little awkwardness to get that information, make you feel comfortable. Yep. But if you... Mm-hmm. Remove friction where you can, create culture, environment, and systems that are in harmony, that are have a great user interface, intuitive and connected. Yep. Employees will feel more productive, and they will willingly then take their vacation so they don't feel a stress. Mm-hmm. They actually can relax them when they go on vacation. Yep. That's my goal. <laughs> so here's some, uh, some pay data. So I think the average employee, my guess is in your survey, unless you know, uh, Pat, what the answer is, I'm going to guess it's about $50,000, which would be roughly national average. So they want, if you're going to give me a job that's less meaningful, I want a 10% increase to compensate for that, which is kind of interesting, sure. right? It doesn't, doesn't surprise me too much on that one. And they want uh, their employer to do something about it. 80% of the respondents say, we ought to be able to do something about this as an employer, and I expect my employer to do something about this, right? Yep. And, they, and we can. We can and we should. Okay. Right. I think that companies that remove friction 10%, think of that lift of 10%, and either cost avoidance of hiring an incremental hand uh, to unlocking innovation, creating joy, actually mm-hmm. creating a better work product, mm-hmm. and then seeing your purpose come to life for your customers in the community, that you'll have higher retention, higher engagement from your workforce. So com- companies should focus on that. So here's... Yeah, so let's uh, get to some of the data from your uh, survey. A third of employees ask for, would ask Santa this Christmas if they could. A third say, I'd like a new boss. (laughs) That's got to be embarrassing to bosses out there, right? Uh, A third of employees say, what I would really like, um, and it's not necessarily more money. Uh, only 34% say more money. 33% say a new boss. That's Boy, that's pretty surprising. Uh, well, I don't know if it's surprising now, having seen the rest of the survey, but it's kind of damning about the extent to which uh, employees really don't like the people they're working for. I, I think I think what they're saying also, if, you, if we double-click on that, is that people leave managers, not companies. Yeah, the managers yeah. tie their work to what is meaningful and or solves the friction in the mundane and, and or repetitive pain points. Yeah. And so if you don't feel your manager is a champion of these problems and is your advocate, then you're going to find another advocate yeah. because that's your vehicle to be heard. Right. 
So here are some things which ought to be a wake-up call for employers. So 34% of employers say they would ask, employees say they would ask for a raise, but 57% say we would like better tech equipment. So give me a, a freaking printer that works, for example. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's kind of, that's really stunning. Yeah, at least I'm stunned by that. Dan, you're not stunned? No, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. And people get so far, uh, and a lot of, you say, well, the internet goes down, they get some vacation. No, they probably still have to get the work done. Yeah, that's probably right. And they just right. can't do it, so right. they're just sitting there with dead time. Right, these are people who are probably not exempt, so they feel they got to do the work anyway, right? 43% say they would ask for, let's see if we could eliminate these IT problems. 40% alone say, could we get better internet coverage so we don't have these outages. These things are really quite surprising, I guess. But I guess for you folks, Pat, this is all good news, yeah? Oh, yeah. That's how, I mean, ServiceNow, I, the reason why I joined ServiceNow is because we create an employee experience that I'm proud of. Yeah. That mm-hmm. if we can make your work more productive, more enjoyable, bring the consumer-like mindset into these solutions, then you're going to have more joy at work. And I, I love smiles. I love counting smiles at work and you're feeling proud of the work you're doing and my promise to employees is to transform self company in the and the world while doing so and so transform self means i can improve my work product i can create better efficiencies less friction by leveraging technology all right mm-hmm. the digital workflows that ServiceNow provides is one of those solutions i can create a better experience for you where you feel more engaged more intuitive and unlock your productivity and your creativity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, really interesting stuff, and I'm certainly surprised by these results, but they make perfect sense if you think about them. Tat, thanks very much for being with us. Pat Waters oh, is pleasure. Pat Waters is the chief talent officer at ServiceNow. Uh, Dan, you know, here's what strikes me about that. Um, first, it's a reminder from the survey result about how dependent we are on technology. Yeah. Um, it's really stunning. Fifty-seven percent of employees would prefer, would say they would ask for new technology equipment, and only thirty-four percent say they would ask for a raise. Yeah. And how, when it screws up, it is so messing up of our work life. And it's not that hard to fix this stuff, right? Well, and should some um, non-U.S. ne'er do well want to do real damage to us? Well, I used to think about nuclear war. Yeah. No, if they if they break the internet, if they make it so our computers don't work, we wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't know what right. to do. Wouldn't know how to call local place of business. Right. Because we don't have phone books anymore. Right. That's uh, right. It's all on our phone. Bus- place of business wouldn't be working mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. It, we are so dependent on that. Yeah. And I trust and hope. The, that people within our government otherwise are, are vigilant in protecting that, but mm-hmm. it is a vulnerability that we didn't have 25 years That's ago. That's absolutely true. And on a more personal, practical level, if uh, the <clears throat> employer here could get a new printer for this studio, that would make a lot yeah, of people Sirius happier. XM. And it doesn't cost a lot to Tight do. Tight wads. <laughs> right. Doesn't cost a lot to do to get a new printer. Okay, folks, we're out of here this week. Happy holidays. We will see you next week. Think about Santa. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 